Welcome to episode 495 of Canada's Pinball Podcast, the only pinball podcast that doesn't need stupid segments. We don't need stupid puppet pals. We don't need to jump the shark and try a million different ways to serve you up pinball content. We just tell you the pinball news you want to hear. On this episode, we are going to reveal and I think confirm for you the big stern title or one of the big stern titles of 2021. Now I have inside information that this title is confirmed. It's coming out. Now I will present it as a rumor because I haven't seen it, but my sources on this one are very, very tight. So I'm going to present it as a rumor, but I think you should believe this rumor. So you're going to have to wait to hear that in a little bit. But before we reveal the stern title coming out that I hear is like the first title of 2021. And I'm going to speculate on it a little bit when you hear what it is. And and I think I might, I don't know. I'm going to tell you what I think about it. But before we do that, what else is going on in pinball? So tomorrow you should check out the dead flip stream of American pinballs, hot wheels game. Now there's a great deep dive on the hot wheels game over at This Week in Pinball. So I recommend you check it out. It seems like there's a lot of lights in this game and the modes are really interesting. I think they're, they're going to make this game deep. Um, we will see how this game shoots tomorrow. So I'm, I'm going to keep an open mind. Now, I am hearing stuff from other people out there about the state of American pinball. And I keep hearing the same thing, that they're really cheap. Even though they have money, they don't want to spend money that they don't listen to advice, they don't take feedback from the the distributors and from the community very well. So I, I, I read someone say like, it's great to see American Pinball firing on all cylinders. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like this company, again, I give them so much crap because as I said on the Poor Man's Pinball podcast, I believe in American Pinball. I just think they need to get the right management in place and get the right visionaries over there. And this company should be cranking out games that are as good, if not better than Stern Machines. They should be cranking out amazing pinball by now. You don't get like three to four chances at the plate without a home run. So will Hot Wheels be that home run? I don't know. I don't know. The game I bet is going to be fun to shoot. I bet it's going to be fast. It's going to be very colorful. The light show looks amazing, but I still think it falls a little bit short a little bit short in bringing the Hot Wheels world to life, especially because Hot Wheels has such iconic things that could have made it in to the pinball experience. But we'll see. We'll see. We're going to keep an open mind and see tomorrow more about that game. The other thing that happened at American Pinball is they fired Jim Patlaw. Now, Jim has a a history in pinball. We talked about Jim being hired over there at American Pinball, and he was supposed to be like their new George Gomez. So what does it mean that Jim Patlaw was let go at American Pinball. I believe it was last Friday. And so this again, just to me, highlights that American Pinball is bringing in industry veterans, people who have been in this industry for decades, and those people are being shown the door. So I really just, I I, I won't have full faith in AP until they put someone in charge who knows what they're doing. And they've got all this money, but they just don't have the right leadership and they don't have the right vision. And I think until they get those people in place, we're still gonna see this company, no pun intended, spin its wheels, okay? All right, what else is going on in pinball? 
So instead of buying pinball machines as investments, I saw this in the news today. There is a, a pinball painting, and I forget the artist's name, but it's going up for auction. It's, it's a guy who paints everyday items like cake and cupcakes, and he painted a painting called, I think it's called Four Pinball Machines. It sold in 1981. I want to say it sold in 1981. I think it was for $183,000 in 1981. It is about to hit the Christie's auction block and is expected to bring $24 million for a painting of four pinball machines. So let's cry about $600 toppers a little bit more, ladies and gentlemen. No, I think we're finally done with the DLC topper conversation. Ultimately, if you think there's value there and you want it, go ahead and buy it. No one's gonna stop you. Nobody really cares. It's not that nice of a topper anyway. It's not even that nice of a mode anyway. And you know how I feel about it. I think it's the wrong move for pinball. And I think for an Ellie buyer, he should get everything in that game for the amount of money. And I'm so tired of people saying, you know, I just want to support Stern. I want to keep Stern in business. Stern is in business. Stern is making so much money. You want to know why? Because all of you people, you have to, I don't understand why people can't comprehend this. You are buying machines that only cost them like $3,000 to make. They are selling these machines for double, double and a half, and triple what it costs them to make the game. So just buying the machine, buying the machine should get you all of that stuff, okay? It shouldn't be additional. And they are, they are very, very financially healthy because of how much money they're charging for a product that they're not spending that much to make. And, and if you don't believe that, then I don't know what to tell you. It's like when people, and I saw someone say this, like Spooky gave people free toppers on Rick and Morty. But yeah, but Rick and Morty is pretty expensive for a Spooky machine. So you pay for it. You're paying for it when you drop $7,500 on a Rick and Morty, okay? Now, I've had Rick and Morty for an entire week. I know I shared some images of dimples in the game, and people are like, Chris, you're a hypocrite. You, you, someone said you slandered the other companies by saying that Spooky Machines are, are better than Stern Machines in Playfield quality. And I want to tell you people out there, like, yes, was I wrong that there are no dimples on a Spooky Machine? Absolutely. And I take full responsibility for being wrong on that notion. Now, is this machine much nicer then the Stern Machines after a few hundred plays, and I went back to Jack Bar. I looked at it next to their Stranger Things, because I think that's a good indication of what a machine will look like after a lot of plays. And so, yes, the spooky quality is far better. It's far better. And I know the debate rages on on, like, if you want a game with no dimples, you can go Cruiseman for 700 bucks. Now, keep in mind, I asked Spooky about this. It takes 14 weeks to get it. It's $700. And for some reason, it voids your warranty with Spooky Pinball. Not sure why that would void the warranty, adding a different clear coat process, but that's what it does. I think they are, are maybe trying to persuade people not to go that route. It's probably a little bit of a headache for them to do it, but it's nice that they will allow you to do it. I won't lie. I won't lie, if I was getting my Guns N' Roses Collector's Edition and the option was there to have Cruzman do the playfield for 700 bucks, I would do it. I didn't do it on Rick and Morty because I, I don't know if this game's a keeper. I'm still getting used to it, and it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I didn't want to spend that much money on a game right away. Now, and look, you can always you can always get a, a, a spare playfield uh, clear-coded by Cruzman if it means that much to you, but I am. I'm serious. I am trying 
to shed the OCD behavior in my mind and just enjoy these games. It's a process. Being OCD is a little bit of a disease that those of us who have it, we fight against it every day. But you know what I you know what I'm talking about, right? You get like a few dimples on a game or you have a little nick in your cabinet and every time you walk by your machine, you look at it. You stare at it. Everyone else you know wouldn't even notice it, but you notice it. It's like a tiny little ding on your car. You just you can't get over it. And there's just something about getting over it that it's easier to work on your mind sometimes than to spend so much money trying to keep things perfect. But look, but look, I think the game is great. I'll tell you this. My only complaints about Rick and Morty so far have been having to adjust the scoop. I think I got it to the right place. Uh, I wish they gave a bubble leveler on the game so that if you're setting it up to six and a half degrees, you know, I had most, you know, the levelers I have, they don't tell you the degrees. I had to buy a digital one, but why not just put that little bubble on, on the right side? I think that's something they should do in games moving forward. Uh, the other big thing I think Spooky needs to do in these in this game, and otherwise I love the package, they need to tilt the screen. So for some reason, they have the screen like completely perpendicular, like it's just straight up. And by doing that, when you look, when you're standing and playing the game, it really washes out the LCD, like black. You get no black when you look at, at the screen. All the black turns to like a light gray. Now, if you bend down and you put your chin on the lockdown bar and you look at the screen, it turns to black. And so they really need to figure out a way to angle it the way Stern does and angle it up so that when you're standing at the pinball height to play, it really makes the LCD look the best and the colors have the best contrast. But right now, it really is washed out. And it's a little bit of a shame because the colors in the cartoon are so vibrant and you really want that contrast and you don't get it. And so I I, I think that's something that Spooky should work on. I'm not sure if there's a way to mod the game to angle it back more. I don't think so. And the other thing too is the speaker lights. The speaker lights reflect so badly into the game. So even with, I have PDI glass, the best non-reflective glass. Even with that, the speaker lights, they just appear like these hovering lights over the upper left and upper right side of the game. Look, those are minor things, but those are things I think Spooky should work on. Otherwise, I really am loving this game. And what I really do love about this game is the way they're coding it. And I will say this, it reminds me a lot of Batman and I mean it in this way. This game doesn't have like a lot of like amazing shots. They're 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 not amazing shots. They're fun shots. They're shots that you have to learn. Uh, they're rewarding when you combo them up. My favorite is backhanding the right ramp, having the ball come around and then and then immediately hitting the left ramp. When you can do that one-two punch and, and you start an adventure that way as you get through the adventure cards, it's so rewarding. But it's also so damn hard. Like, it's so hard. And, and in Batman, you could go back and forth between those two ramps and combo them so nicely. I do wish Scott would have made it a little bit easier. And I mean this, a little bit easier to have a few more combos in this game. And I think that's just going to come with time. It's going to come with patience. It's going to come with studying really how to make a game flow better. And, and I mean that. I mean that. And it's constructive criticism. This game would be more fun if it were easier to hit some of these combos and they weren't so damn difficult. And and I know I can already hear some of the people who are, who are always making apology for, it, for Scott. It, it comes with experience. 
making a game where combos are, are, are so rewarding is a skill set. And, and I think Scott should have made some of it a little bit easier to hit. Now, that being said, when you do hit it, it's a ton of fun. And, and, and the jury's still out on whether or not over time... I will learn these shots more. The issue I always have, and and I'm just going to say, this is always my issue. When you're playing a game and you're learning the shots, here's what always happens to me in pinball, and it probably happens to you. You, you get it, you get in a groove, you get in a rhythm, you learn the shots, you learn the shots, and you're hitting the shots uh, in the first 15, 20 minutes of playing. But something happens in a pinball machine, and as you're playing, the more you're playing, I always feel like the coils lose a little strength. And so then... As you're playing or if the game's been on for a while, you then don't have as much zip on the coils and on the flippers as you did when you started. So then where the shots are on the flipper might change a little bit. And so then your timing has to adjust as the machine is adjusting a little bit uh, the power that's going through it. Is that maybe I'm just making that up, but that's how I feel things happen when I play pinball. And over time, if you're playing in an hour or two hours, you know, the game starts to adjust a little bit and you have to adjust with it. That being said, my favorite part of this game is the coding. Like I said, it's like Batman because while the shots are not the most amazing, the code is incredible, the theme integration is incredible, the callouts are better than Batman. The modes are more fun than Batman. They just are. There's so much variety. My favorite thing they did in this game is when you start an adventure and then you go into a dimension. That is where the secret sauce of why this game is so magical comes to life. When you start, I love it when you start like an adventure like Roy and then uh, you go into a dimension that's like human music. I like it. And there's just like this weird beep sound like beep. Beep. And like, so then all the Roy music stops. You just hear the dimension beep, but all the call outs are the same as the adventure would normally roll out. And it's like, it's just so fun because you just, you just can start to see all the different combinations that they can put into this game. And it's still very early on. There still needs to be a lot more adventures at it, a lot more dimensions at it. Like there's dimensions where it's just all farting noises, dimensions where every switch is a scream. And it's going on uh, in conjunction with the normal adventure. And I just love that. That combination of adventures and dimensions is really what's going to separate this game from what I think is any other pinball machine in the way it's code it and the experience you get playing it. And that's why I think people are going to find this game to be extremely, extremely rewarding. Even though it has frustrating shots, even though there's some clunkiness, even though it, it has some things you just have to learn to live with, like the scoop, uh, I think it's that all that stuff is going to be a distant memory when people see the way they brought the Rick and Morty world to life in this game. And, and it's it's already, already super, super impressive. And we know that they're going to keep coding this thing to make it one of the most memorable coded games of all time. And I mean that. Like, I've played Batman. I've played Walking Dead. But, you know, Lyman Sheets is incredible. But what they're doing in this game, I think, is even more creative and hasn't really been done in a pinball game before. And, and I'm, not just, I'm not just saying that because I own it. It really is a unique pinball experience that I think you're going to have a lot of fun with. Okay, so what else is going on in pinball? So remember when I told you that Jersey Jack pinball was no longer Jersey Jack's? Well, it hasn't been Jersey Jack's for a really long time. And now we have sort of confirmation that the owner of Jersey Jack pinball, I haven't listened to it yet. Someone just sent me this. The owner of Jersey Jack pinball is Brett Abbas. 
So Leonard Abbas's son is the owner of Jersey Jack Pinball. It must be nice. I mean, I, I won't lie. I wish my dad was a billionaire. I wish my dad could buy me a pinball company. And I wish I could own a pinball company in which uh, none of it happened because of me. It just happened because of my money. Now, look, we live in a world of nepotism. We live in a world of favoritism. We live in a world of privilege. I mean, it's, it's kind of ironic in the middle of all of what's going on in the world. I mean, this is the epitome of privilege, is it not? But it's okay. Like, I don't fault people for being successful. I don't fault people for working hard. I don't fault people for making a lot of money. We're also living in a weird time now where there's a lot of accusatory fingers being pointed at everybody. I'll say this. If you said something stupid on Twitter in 2012, you better go find it and erase it because you might be fired today. I mean, there is a witch hunt going on in culture right now like I've never seen before. What makes me a little bit sad is that we are living in a world. And, and it's a weird thing. It's an ironic thing. We have one side of society asking for empathy, asking for learning, and asking for understanding. And I fully agree with that. But we also can't live in a world where if you make a mistake or you say something stupid like eight years ago and someone records it, that eight years later, when you might have a family, when you might have kids, when you might have a career that you really need, when you might, when you might have changed as a human being and learned from your mistakes, that eight years later, something you said stupidly when you were drunk on social media eight years ago will now come back and just ruin your entire life. And, and there's no forgiveness. There's no understanding. There's no listening. There's no nothing. It's just we are immediately jumping to being an executioner of people. And it sucks because, you know, like I get it. We're trying to weed out the bad seeds, the Harvey Weinsteins, the racists, the bigots, the sexists. I get it. But in the process of going after them, right, a lot of people who just made a silly mistake are, are, are going to be casualties of this witch hunt in society. And all I'm going to say is this. I think people need to be forgiven at times. I think people need to have empathy, but it goes both ways. You can't ask people to have empathy over here, but then not apply empathy to them as they're trying to explain to you the transformation they went through. Because if you want people to learn and you want to change people's minds, you have to accept the fact that not everybody has started off thinking the way you do. And that's the issue I have is the extremists and it's usually on the far left they don't want they don't want to accept the fact that you might have thought differently than them and if you have if you ever thought differently from them they will crucify you immediately okay now don't get me started on the far right they're just as crazy they're just as crazy get all those rebel flags off of all those cars all right no more no more dukes of hazards pin is in the works all right let me go back to pinball okay that was enough of the soapbox from canada so he owns the company now uh, it, it is Brett Abbas's company. He owns the company now. There's a podcast. I'm going to listen to it. Now, speaking of Jersey Jack Pinball, I got someone in my inbox yesterday who said Guns N' Roses is going to be revealed next week. And I heard from a distributor that it's going to be revealed next week. Okay. So, you know, I love it. I love it when people test Canada. And, and people know I have the Guns N' Roses images. And people keep asking me, when are we going to see Guns N' Roses? And I'm here to tell you right now. Guns N' Roses is nowhere near the line. It's not going to be revealed next week. It's not going to ship in July. And I shared on my Facebook page today exclusive images of inside the Jersey Jack Pinball Factory. 
inside the factory this week. Go there to my Facebook page and you can see those images. They are nowhere near, they are nowhere near getting Guns N' Roses on the line. And before they get Guns N' Roses on the line, they have to finish building the remaining Willy Wonka orders. Now, you, you have to understand this. Some people might say like, oh, well, you know, Wonka sales have dried up. There's no more Wonka. No, 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 it doesn't work like that. Jersey Jack Pinball ordered all these Wonka parts. Jersey Jack Pinball has all these Wonka parts. Jersey Jack Pinball needs to run and make all those Wonka games, put them in boxes and make them. That's how it works. The Wonka line still needs to finish what the Wonka production was supposed to be. And then they'll move on to Guns N' Roses. But I think it's safe to say that you are not going to see Guns N' Roses next week. I doubt if you'll see it anytime soon. If they show you it, looking at where the line is right now, if they show you Guns N' Roses anytime in the next few weeks, I don't know. I hope they don't show it too early. This line is, it's not even, they haven't even set it up for Wonka yet. So it's an it's basically a skeleton a line right now with, with none of the stuff on it yet. Now, look, I, I still think we're going to see GNR by August, but I don't expect it before then. I could see it in August, and I can see the game shipping by October. That is my prediction of Guns N' Roses, but I'm not... I know the original plan was to have the game on the line in July. Originally, 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 if you go all the way back, because I've been talking to people over there, this game was supposed to ship November of 2019, okay? So take that for what you will. But again, nothing's ever delayed if you've never given a release date. So without a release date, Guns N' Roses is not delayed. Toy Story is not delayed. They never said it would be out on a date. So you have to cut them some slack. Now, it does, it does make this teaser campaign seem a, a little misguided or, or ill-timed or confusing, if you will. Now, I don't pretend to understand what goes on inside the heads of pinball marketers like Zach Sharp. We got Michael Grant at AP, Ken Cromwell over at JJP. I'm not quite sure how these guys do what they do. I'm not quite sure their backgrounds in marketing. I'm not quite sure they understand how marketing fully works. They really, they haven't, you gotta remember, these guys have not had experience with product launches. They have not had experience with product rollouts. They've only had experience as consumers and fans of pinball. And I'm, I'm telling you, those are two separate things. Those are two separate things. And there is a skill set to how you launch a product. There is. And Stern Pinball thinks they know it all, but they don't either. Like, they really don't. Like, Stern just thinks, like, if we reveal and ship and have it in arcades on one day, that's the, that's the best you can do. It's not. That's not the best you can do in drumming up hype. That's not. Do you think Hollywood does that? Or video game councils do that? Or video games do that? Do you think they, they don't even tell you what the title is until the day it's out? No, they don't do it that way. The only reason Pinball does it that way is they don't want you to know what's next. They don't want you to know what's in the lineup coming up because they don't want you to hold your money and wait for the next game. Now, unfortunately for Stern Pinball, I'm going to tell you what's coming out from this company in 2021, and it's going to make you want to maybe hold on to your money, and it might make some of you not want to buy Ninja Turtles, and that's why they don't do it. But unfortunately, Canada exists, and he spoils their plans once again. Now, go call up your PR agency, Zach Sharp, and get them to try to take down this entire show. Nothing you can do, my man. Nothing you can do. Freedom of speech, Zach. Freedom of speech. You're in the wrong job, man. You're in the, I, I get you love pinball. I get your family as pinball royalty, 
but you're in the wrong job if you're trying to like ban people from talking about your products. It's just that's not the way it works, man. It's pinball. You got to lighten up. I'm always going to have the scoop, man, because people like you, you guys are in, you're, you're so far in front. You're so far in front and people give you so much money. You, you don't deserve to be cranky. You got to play that. If you smiled when you played that Ninja Turtle, Zach, I would have been so much different in my approach. But you couldn't even muster a smile to play a Ninja Turtles game. If that makes you upset, man, I, I'd hate to see you on like The Walking Dead or something with some serious subject matter. He's so upset with the, the most jovial game on the planet. I don't get it. Lighten up, bro. It's just pinball. All right, what else is going on before we tell you the stern title? Um, I'm trying to think. We got AP covered. Dutch Pinball is sending people their games. We've got Jersey Jack covered for now. Oh, let's see. Um, there's my computer chiming. All right, I want to read. I want to read some one person's feedback because I said I put it on air because he he emailed me on my Facebook and he said you deleted my comment and I had to explain to him that when you send Canada a message on his Facebook page, it does doesn't delete it your comment doesn't go up on my main page like that's that's so people just can't flood my page with whatever is in their mind so let me let me read this for you and I want to respond to it and then I'm going to tell you what stern title is coming out and in, in 2021 and I heard it's in Q1 and I heard it's one of their cornerstone titles so let, let's let me read this all right, so this comes from Joseph Bauer, and he says, Hello, I'm really enjoying your podcast. It is like you say, people listen to it because you are the only one who is also pointing things out what are not so cool. I'm listening to every show. Well, thanks, Joseph. I think the Puppet Pals, I think the Puppet Pals is going to also do that. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. First, we had Macho. Now we have Puppet Pals. Um, finally, seeing you setting up a pinball machine and making all those newbie mistakes like it's your first machine, calling the support more than once for things Google and Pinside could easily help you out seems really strange to me. All right, I'm going to stop there, Joseph. So when I set up my machine, here are the things that I that I was doing. I was trying to level it and I was using a digital leveler yesterday and I haven't used a digital leveler in a game before because I haven't had to. Because every game I've owned since uh, I've, I've been in pinball has had the bubble on the shooter lane. And you can just put the bubble where it needs to be. And that's a lot easier. Now, I also think doing the digital leveler, Joseph, is, is like a little awkward because I got one measurement between the flippers. I got another measurement in the middle of the play field and another measurement at the top of the play field. So yeah, I mean, I am a newbie when it comes to using a digital leveler on a pinball machine. So I'll give you that. But the other stuff in terms of the scoop rejects, in terms of some of the issues I was having with the game, I'm telling you, there was nothing on Pinside that really was going in depth into the scoop rejects. And the conversation I started around the scoop reject was was honest. And it, and once I started saying it and people started sharing photos, what happened? People started discussing it more because not many games are out there. And I think I've done a fair job of highlighting an issue that every owner is going to face along with the dimples as well. Okay, he goes on to say, you have all this nice political inside info, know all those famous pin guys and don't know how to set up a game. And you are often very critical of things just because you have no experience or simply don't know better. But after learning it, you do at least admit you were wrong. 
If you don't know about certain things, it is okay. But then also act like it and get information experience before you judge. It's your big mouth negative prejustice I don't like. I think he means prejudice or prejustice. I don't know. Just think of all the drama we went through listening to your opinion on dimples. Spooky Scott Denisi argument. Bad shots, bad scoop, ball guide fix, scoop fix. So much was unnecessary in the end. You just could have done some research and don't piss off people and make them friends again afterwards. But I guess that's also your business model. I agree with most things you say, but the way we get there, er. I'm playing pinball for just a year now. That's me being critical. Joseph. Well, Joseph, first of all, thank you for the note. I, I appreciate it. I really do. And first, thank you for listening. I'm glad you choose Canada's Pinball Podcast. And look, I, the way I do my show, and I do a lot of research, my man, and it's, and it's not my business model because I don't make much money doing this. If you knew how much time I put into researching this stuff, finding information for you guys that no one else has, talking to people on a daily basis to stay in the loop. And, and then if you saw what I make on my Patreon account, which is hardly anything, 200 bucks maybe a month for all the work I do, a month, a month for all the hours I put into this show, I make almost double that an hour in terms of what we bill out to clients, an hour. So one month of pinball podcasting, I one hour of my real job is like two months I get paid for in pinball podcasting world, okay? So when I do my show, I do it to the best of my ability. And there might be things that I get wrong, there might be things I get right, but I'm not going to go chasing down people for answers all the time. And I'm not going to stop saying what I'm feeling until I hear back from somebody. So, for example, when I said Scott Denise's shots were like, you know, really bad on, on the upper loop on Rick and Morty, what did they do? They went and fixed it and we talked about it. But I wasn't going to, here's what I was not going to do. I wasn't going to go play Rick and Morty at Jack Bar, have that experience, have the ball reject a lot, and then not do a show. And then let me go email Scott. Let me, see, like, I, no, that's not what I'm, I'm not in the business of doing that. I will report my experiences. And yes, they listened to it and they fixed the issue and now it's better. You know, no one thanks Canada for getting that fixed done at the factory, but Hilton wasn't talking about it. More games would have went out without that fix. Nobody gives me much thanks for, for getting Jersey Jack Pinball to hit pause on the line and getting people better playfield qualities because I was the only podcast that hit that drum over and over and over again. And it was because of this show and people canceling orders that made them stop and fix the issue. Okay. Now, now look, that's the thing, Joseph, is like, I'm going to win some, I'm going to lose some, but whatever I focus on and whatever I highlight, trust me, like I'm doing it with the best interest of the customer in mind. I'm not doing it to make friends with the manufacturers. I could care less about making friends with the manufacturers. What I want to do is give you, the pinball customer that spends a lot of money, all the information you need to make a good decision. I want to stand up for your rights as a pinball buyer. And I just didn't notice that happening in this hobby at all. I noticed every single show was so hell-bent on just getting the manufacturers, getting the designers, getting the artists to come on the shows and just hype their products. And it was always about celebrate, celebrate, celebrate. But whenever there were issues, Whenever there were lies, whenever companies were misleading people, nobody was saying anything about it. Nobody was saying anything about it. And I'm, I'm here to say there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes in this industry that is important to understand. 
and it would change the way you think about companies, it would change the way you think about their products, and it would make total sense when you start to wonder stuff like, well, why aren't we seeing any more Pirates of the Caribbeans? You're not gonna see Pirates of the Caribbean ever again, most likely. And if you know the story why, then you would stop asking the questions, right? But Joseph, I do appreciate it, and I'm sorry that I went on a tirade about dimples. I still don't like dimples. I don't like them. I have to live with them a little bit, but the quality on the Rick and Morty is better than Stern. And, and the play fields at Spooky are better than Stern. And I think everybody will say that. You will not find a Rick and Morty owner to be uh, unsatisfied with their Rick and Morty play field quality, especially if that owner has some of the recent Stern launches, okay? Especially if it's Stranger Things, especially if you look at Ghostbusters quality or Batman quality, okay? I think they're going to see a drastic improvement, all right? All right, the moments come. The moments come. Here is my inside source on what will be one of Stern's big cornerstone games of 2021. Now, I hear it might be the first game in 2021, but before I give you this theme, I want to say happy birthday to Gary Stern. Gary Stern turned 75 years old, 75 years old. And I want to say, I know we give Stern a lot of crap, but Gary, sincerely, thank you so much for pushing pinball through the dark ages, for keeping pinball alive all these decades, for creating the biggest pinball company in the world without Stern Pinball and without Gary Stern and his management and his leadership, we would not have any of these games we enjoy today. We would not have any of these podcasts we enjoy today and the pinball landscape would be dead. We would all be talking about how we're restoring medieval madnesses for $15,000 and we'd be chasing old games from the 90s and, and older. So thank you, Gary. I sincerely mean it. Thank you so much. Now, I do want to give you a little bit of crap, Gary, for going on Jonathan Justin's show. 75 years old. You're the leader of the biggest pinball company. You deserve to be interviewed on Canada's Pinball Podcast. Why would you go on that show? I, I can't. I can't. I'm not jealous, but man, you're, you're going to, that's like, oh, but Gary, I did get you a birthday gift. I did get you a birthday gift. It's a $600 birthday card. And if you open it up, it sings happy birthday to you, okay? It's 600 bucks, okay? I hope you enjoy it, okay? All right, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. This game is a cornerstone title. Now, this theme is a game that people have been asking for. It's a game that's been in the rumor mill. There's been so many themes people have been throwing out there. Bill and Ted's 007, what's it gonna be? We hear Godzilla is next. So I am hearing that, and again, this is a rumor, so don't go sending me some legal threat, Zach Sharp. I am hearing the rumor title that is, I'm hearing is confirmed. I'm hearing they have the license. I'm hearing they're making it. I'm hearing it's the first cornerstone title of 2021. This theme is coming out from Stern Pinball, and I guess the best way to reveal it to you is to just play the music from the theme. Here we go. What could that be? I can just, I can feel the DLC topper coming towards me. We're gonna need a bigger topper. We're gonna need a bigger price point for this game. Jody Dankberg is the biggest fan of this theme. Oh my god. Canada's Pinball Podcast. Four Twippies coming. You heard it here first. Oh. Oh. 
right, so yes, it is confirmed that you are going to get Jaws Pinball in 2021 from Stern Pinball. And, and, and here's what I heard. I heard that the deal is done. They're making the game. The game is in production or design is being designed right now. And they have the theme. Now, here's how it's going to work. And, and then I'm going to speculate. I'm going to speculate on something. So you might be saying like, how are they doing Jaws? I keep hearing Jaws was a licensing nightmare. So here's what they're gonna do. They're gonna license the Jaws property. They're going to get access to the shark and to the name Jaws, but I do not believe this will be the Jaws movie and they're gonna get access to the Steven Spielberg film. Now, I don't know that for a fact, but I'm hearing that was the workaround, that getting the rights to the Steven Spielberg movie just wasn't going to be in the cards, and, and for obvious reasons. And that's just like Jurassic Park now when you think about it. This is Stern's new approach. Let's go after a theme we know people love. Let's go after a theme we know has a huge fan base and following. And instead of spending all the money on the actors and the rights to use the clips, let's just make a game inspired by what people love and make an all new adventure. And it totally makes sense to do that with Jaws. Now, would I rather have the movie? Absolutely, because there have been so many Jaws movies and most of them are not that good. It's the first movie that is the iconic movie. It's the first movie really is the only one worth watching. If that's the case, I think it obviously people want the movie, right? If, they, if it's just like Jurassic Park where it's inspired by the Jaws property, I don't think that's what people really want, but I don't think it's going to matter because if they make a Jaws pinball machine and incorporate all the elements you love from Jaws, I think people are going to love it. And if they don't have yellow barrels as the pop bumpers, what are we even doing here? What are we even doing here making pinball machines based on these properties? I mean, they need to have a shark pop up from underneath the playfield. I heard the playfield has a really intricate subway system in it, which makes sense. You're going underneath the playfield and back up. So that is really cool. So that is happening in 2021. Now, here is where I'm going to speculate. And I know what you're saying. Like all of this that I'm about to say right now is, is pure speculation from Canada. I am hearing it's confirmed and it's happening. So if you want to wait for a Jaws pinball machine and don't want to jump into what's available right now, go ahead and save your money. For a lot of you, you've got so much money, you don't even care. You'll just buy Rick and Morty. You'll buy Hot Wheels. You'll buy Ninja Turtles. You'll buy Guns N' Roses. And then you'll buy Jaws. I wish I was like you gentlemen. I think, and this is purely Canada, I think Keith Elwin is going to do Jaws. And I keep hearing the rumor like Keith Elwin is doing Godzilla. Keith Elwin's next game is Godzilla. I don't buy it. I think Keith Elwin doing Godzilla is a red herring. I think it's a Trojan horse. I think it's a leak and a lie that they put out there to mislead us. Because think about it. If you have Jaws, who are you going to hand it to to do it justice? And you just gave Keith Elwin Jurassic Park another similar huge movie property in which you're, you're making a game inspired by the films that people love and he knocked it out of the park and you're going to, who are you going to give Jaws to? Who are you going to give Jaws to if not Keith Elwin? Is George Gomez going to take it? I don't know. Is it going to go to Steve Ritchie? I, no, because he's doing Led Zeppelin. So it would make total sense 
that maybe there is no Keith Elwin Godzilla game, and maybe the game that is next from Keith Elwin is Jaws. I'm completely making this up. This is all speculation, but it makes total sense. Why would Keith Elwin go from making Jurassic Park, a, a movie property about a big lizard, to another movie about a big lizard in Godzilla? Why not give him the other big animal that's under the water? Since he's already conquered uh, the big animal on top of the land, give him Jaws. So that is my speculation is I think Jaws is going to be Keith Elwin's next game. I think it's going to be the first game out in 2021, maybe December of 2020. But I think that is going to be this huge juggernaut juggernaut of a theme that they want to bring out. I also am going to predict this. I think... They're going to try and find another artist similar to Franchi to bring this to life because Franchi's Jaws artwork is so good. And I don't think you want hand-drawn, stylized Jaws art. I think you want it more Franchi style. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. But they're going to have, I think they're going to have the theme song. I think they're going to have the shark. I think they're going to have the IP, but they're not going to have all the actors that you know from the movie. I don't think you're going to see Spielberg clips, but I still think there's so much awesome subject matter in Jaws that if they really do this justice, it could be a juggernaut for Stern Pinball. Uh, but we, you know, it's Stern, you know, I always, every time I, if you were to give my, me a, a choice of who I want to make my dream theme game, it's not Stern. It just isn't. It just isn't. I mean, imagine if you gave Eric the Jaws theme and look at everything he put in Pirates and see like, Hey, we want you to make Jaws, like what they would put in it. Cause the pop bumper barrels, they don't, they need to pop. How awesome would this be? I'm just going to say this. How awesome would it be if the pop bumper barrels actually lowered under the play field and they popped up, up through the play field. And that's when the pop bumpers get activated because just like the movie jaws drags those pop, those barrels under the ocean. Right. And they don't know where he is until the pop bumper pops up. Now, how effing cool would it be? How effing cool would it be if they put three pop bumpers in different parts of the play field and they popped up through the play field and you had to shoot them to sort of, you know, find Jaws. How cool would that be? I, I don't know. They're not going to do it. They're not going to do it because it's stern. It's going to be the same fan layout, same stuff. They're going to put the Ninja Turtle pizza into the Jaws game. Well, yeah, let's just use it. We have too many left over. Let's just use this. Let's just use that. No, you know, are they going to is Jaws going to swing out like Balrog and not be under the play field? He's got to come up from underneath. That, that, that just has to be a requirement. That Jaws has to pop up from underneath the playfield, Stern. You can't just have them sitting there always above the water, okay? It's Jaws. All right, everyone. That's, you're hearing here first. It's happening. Jaws is coming. You know, I, I, I am willing to, to stake, again, I, my reputation. This is happening. You heard it here. Jaws is confirmed. Stern Pinball is doing it. And yes, it's a rumor. <laughs> It's the most confirmed rumor of all time. That should be my new thing. I'm here to confirm a rumor. The rumor is confirmed. There, it is a rumor. I've confirmed that the rumor is authentic. And the subject matter, I'm pretty sure. I'm 99% sure it's happening. And that's how they're going to make it. Everybody, enjoy your pinball machines. Enjoy Hot Wheels tomorrow. Happy birthday, Gary Stern. And we'll be back. Canada's Pinball Podcast, without any puppets, without any trickery, just me talking about pinball. We don't need all these segments. You know that. You know that. Zach Manny, you got to come on the show, man. You got an open invite. You know you want to come on. You know you want to come on. I'll buy you two Jurassic Park toppers if you come on the show. All right? Later, everybody. Gonna let me have a bit of break.